This December 16th and 17th, Northwest Valley Baptist Church presents A Walk Through Christmas, a special night of fun and excitement for all ages. Come and see the live nativity scene with animals and narration. Listen to live Christmas music and caroling while enjoying hot chocolate and coffee. Take part in crafts for kids and explore our candy cane forest. Take a complimentary family picture at one of our photo booths. Get your free tickets at walkthroughchristmas.org or go to Eventbrite and search Walk Through Christmas. It is God that supplies for His people. And can can I just remind you of that? We must trust God for our daily provision. Elisha had to do that in the Old Testament. The prophets had to do that in the New Testament. Now, it's, it's really interesting. Folks, we have daily need. I'm Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Well, today we continue our study of the life of Elisha, the prophet, who took the mantle of the role of prophet of God after Elijah. Today we bring you part one of a message titled, Our Daily Bread, and we see Elisha performing another miracle for God's people, demonstrating how the Lord indeed provides for our daily needs. Here's our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, reading to us from our text in 2 Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 38 of 2 Kings chapter 4 says this, And Elisha came to Gilgal, and there was a dearth or a famine in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, set on a great pot and seethe pottage. You know what it means to seethe pottage? Make stew. You know, just throw everything you can into it and make something for everybody to eat. Seethe pottage, make stew for the sons of the prophets. One went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds in his lap full and came and, sh- and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage that they cried out and said, O oh, thou man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat of it. They could not eat thereof. But he said, Then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot, and he said, Pour out for the people that they may eat. 
and there was no harm in the pot. Then there came a man from Baal Shalishia and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley, full of ears of corn and the husk thereof. And he said, Give unto the people that they may eat. And his servitor, or servant, said, what should, I set this be, uh, what should I set this before on hundred men? And he said, Give the people that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and shall leave thereof. And he set it before them, and they did eat and left thereof, according to the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is rich and powerful. It shows us the way in which we should live our lives how we might be pleasing to you in all things. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll help us um, as we seek your face to obey you in all things, especially in this area of your provision. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's talk about this just for a moment. You know, when you look at a passage of Scripture like this and you see uh, this type of thing. The, one of the questions a preacher has to ask, and I just kind of give you an insight in sermon preparation. One of the things, the first, one of the first things you have to do is figure out what is the passage actually saying? What actually happened here? And I think it's a pretty, th- this is not that difficult a passage. It's pretty straightforward with what actually happened here. But the second question that you ask to ask yourself is, okay, God, in his infinite wisdom, based upon the, the, the inspiring power of the Holy Spirit, chose to put this in the Bible for a reason. So why is this story here? It, it's, now certainly it's confirmation of the prophet. In fact, we see an intimation here of a miracle that Jesus would do in the New Testament with the feeding of the 5,000. And we have later on in this passage the, the bread that extends beyond what it should to meet the needs that it needs that are beyond what it should. And so you have an intimation of that, that miracle. Jesus, of course, does it bigger and better, uh, but Jesus still does it. But we have, we have something here, and when you're lo- we're looking at a passage like this, sometimes we start to look into the deep theological, you know, mystical applications, and we miss the plain one. And that is simply this. It is God that supplies for his people. And can I just remind you of that? We must trust God for our daily provision. Elisha had to do that in the Old Testament. The prophets had to do that in the New Testament. Now, it's, it's really interesting. Folks, we have daily needs. Now, see, Jesus said, as he was teaching the disciples to pray, he said, this is the way I want you to pray. Give us this day, our God, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Provide for us our daily needs. Now that, that really doesn't register in the United States of America today, does it? I mean, for us, you walk into a grocery store. And that grocery store is overwhelming. In the mid-1990s, I had an opportunity to travel to um, Russia. I spent some time in Siberia. We flew from San Francisco to Anchorage, from Anchorage to Vladivostok, and Vladivostok got on the Trans-Siberian Railroad. 
rode on the Trans-Siberian Railroad 17 hours from Vladivostok to Blagovestchensk. Blagovestchensk was a small town on the, on the border, the northern border of China, the southern border of Russia. And it was, it was not long after the fall of the Iron Curtain. But we, it was, because it was not long after the fall of the Iron Curtain, we had, uh, Russia had not quite acclimated to Western society. And, and there were odd things that were a little bit difficult for, it was just, it didn't even, it just, it didn't make sense. For, for instance, there was, we were in the, this hotel and we ran out of hot water, so we go down to the desk and say, you know, there's no hot water. They looked at us like we were crazy. What we didn't realize is the hot water was supplied by the town, not by the hotel. So if you didn't have hot water, it wasn't their fault. I mean, it's because you say, we say, well, well, how, well that makes sense. How do they figure out the electric bill? There isn't an electric bill. It was communism. So you used to go to find a, go to find a store. And you had to know where the store was. Well, you say, you just look for the signs. There were no signs. You just had to know. You say, well, why, well, how did they advertise their stuff? They didn't care if you knew if they sold their stuff or not. In fact, if less people came, better for them. And when you walked into the stores, there was just a little bit of this and a little bit of that and lots of empty space on the shelves. I mean, very, very little in the store. You get in, this was this little, this small town, fairly small town in Siberia, and you'd get on the, on the bus. <laughs> and I have never squeezed as tight on any bus in the world as we squeezed on those buses. And when we squeezed on those buses, they would have pitchforks and shovels because at the end of the day, their work day, they would all go outside of the town to their little plot of ground where they planted potatoes. Because if they were going to eat during the winter, they had to grow potatoes in order to have food for their family to eat. And everywhere that you went in the town, every little bit of spare bit of dirt was planted with something because you had to have food to survive. Even the churchyard had potatoes planted in the churchyard. This is in the 20th century. When those folks prayed, give us this day our daily bread, they meant it. They meant it. Many of us like to plant gardens for a hobby, but Dr. Shaw reminds us that the need for daily bread in some parts of the world is a critical daily struggle. How blessed we are to have such abundant provision in our lives. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, and part one of a message titled, Our Daily Bread, as we continue a study of the life of Elisha the prophet. Visit daretostand.org to find out more about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. Many in our community struggle with addiction. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry at his church called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. 
Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thanks, Dr. Shaw. If you would like more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts, please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church, 623-581-3115. And now, let's get back to our study as Dr. Shaw talks more about his visit to Russia and the dire conditions of food and water that he observed and experienced while he was there. I remember we were trying to be careful not to get sick from drinking the water. And the, the pastor of the church, the, they call him the house of prayer, Domalipe, they call him the house of prayer. And um, he was very excited that the church had a new well. We, he told me, you know, he comes out and we're, you know, we communicate with, you know, hand signals and things like that. So we go out and there's this pipe coming out of the round, ground and he takes a rock and he drops it into the pipe and it goes down and you hear it splash. And it wasn't very far down, maybe, you know, maybe 20 feet or something, but you heard, it, heard a splash and he was really excited about the well. And, and then I, I looked up and within about 30 feet in every direction, five or six different outhouses. And I'm thinking to myself, that can't be very safe water to drink. And they would boil it and they would drink it. And people around the world are living this way today. And I'm not so sure that we're better off for the way that we are. Because, because here is the need. We still need. And we still are dependent upon God for our daily bread. Even though you have a job, and even though you have money in your bank account, we are still dependent upon Him. And we ought to express our dependence upon Him every day. Now, there are times when we feel more dependent than others. For instance, at the beginning of this passage of Scripture, you come to the beginning of this passage of Scripture, and he says there's a dearth in the land. See, when there's a dearth in the land, when there's a famine in the land, and you're doing with less, all of a sudden you realize there is, there is less and you have to deal with, with the hunger pains or doing without certain things. That reminds us of our dependence upon Him. And that's not a bad thing for us at times. And we've had our times of that. Remember, some of you, there are some of you old enough to remember the early 1970s. Do you remember, anybody remember the gas crisis of the early 1970s and being in line in huge, long lines to get gas, to be able to go to work, to be able to work, to be able to do. There are certain times we have needs. And that hunger, that hunger reminds us, but we need to remind ourselves. Because in the New Testament, Timothy says, charge them that are rich not to trust in uncertain riches. You are rich. I will tell you, I came home from almost three re weeks in Siberia, and, I, and it felt almost like culture shock. I, I walked into a grocery store, and it was overwhelming. I can't imagine what it's like for someone who lives there to come here. 
and to, and to see the overflowing abundance. We still, we still need Him. And we must be reminded that we have needs every day. We are dependent to God. Especially the dependent people of God. And in this particular case, it was the prophets. There are certain people God has chosen in Scripture that are supposed to live specifically lives of faith. It was the disciples of the New Testament, as the prophets here in the, in the Old Testament, in which they were supposed to be dependent upon, upon God for, for daily needs. And we have these, these people. Now, I want you to notice some principles with regard to God's provision for us daily. And the first provision is this. God makes what he supplies good. He makes it good. It's God that makes it good. We have chapter 4, verse 38 through 41. He makes it palatable. <laughs> it, it, turn with me to Job chapter 12, verse 11. Job chapter 12, verse 11. It's, it's just really a simple truth that's found here in Scripture, but it's a universal truth. It says here, it says, Doth not the ear try or test words to see if they're worthy? And doth not, doth not the mouth taste his meat? He, there, there is a principle here. God has given us taste buds within our mouths. He has given us taste buds. It's, the, it's this gift of taste. And, and the purpose for the gift of taste, I hate to tell you, the, the kids, this in the, in the searing of their parents, is to tell us whether it is good or not good. Now, when you have your taste ruined by the wrong things, then you, that, that can be a problem. But, but, for instance, when you taste something and it has this horrible bitterness, there is a, that is a gift of God to say, don't eat that. It's probably bad for you. It might kill you. So there is that, that taste. You know, when it, it is true, the... When your mouth is set right, you desire the things that are good for you. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Right? I mean, that's what, that's what he says. Just, just taste and see that he is good. It is this, this principle that he's given us. He makes it palatable. Now, I want you to notice what happens in this passage of Scripture. So, Elisha comes, he says, listen, you need to, we need to put on a pot of, pot of something. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's a time of famine. So, uh, you, did you ever do this when you were a kid? We used to do a youth activity where we made hobo stew. You all know what, if you're old enough, we did it in a youth. So, everybody brought a, brought a can of something. And there was always somebody that brought a can of something awful. And so we'd have this youth activity, we'd have the hobo stew, and everybody bring a can of something, you pour it all in together, and that's what you ate. Now there's some of you, that is just, the idea of eating something like that is horrifying to you. But this is, this is a time of famine, and they need to eat something. And so they're going to pour it, they're, they're going to put everything that they can. So they have the water, they start putting things in, they're going out and they're searching the, the hedges and the hills to find anything that is wild, that is growing, that they can put in their stew. 
And it says here that there's this one young man, he, probably, he, he, he failed Boy Scouts, I guess. He went out in the field and he found a wild vine and gathered thereof the wild gourds in his lap. Now, commentators for years have believed that they, they know which, which one this actually is. There is this, it's kind of like a melon thing that grows on a vine wild in Israel. And it looks like a small watermelon. In fact, if you didn't know the difference, it would look like a small watermelon. And they use it for medicinal purposes, but only in small amounts. And it has horrible consequences, and I won't go into all the details about all the consequences it has for you health-wise if we were to put it in the stew. But it is also very, very bitter. Now, it might well be this, or maybe it was something else, but it doesn't really matter. He, he brings it in, and he, it says he shreds it. He cuts it all up, and he puts it in the pot, along with everything else. You say, wow, I didn't know eating could be so dangerous. And how many church potlucks have you been to? <laughs> how much stuff have you put in your mouth that you didn't see what it went into it? A church potluck is an exercise in faith. <laughs> and so he, he cuts it up and he puts it in and they start to eat. And as soon as they start to eat, they know there's death in the pot. There's something bad in there. This is not the way it is supposed to taste. Have you ever put something in your mouth and immediately you regretted it? Stay tuned. Dr. Shaw will return with closing thoughts about our God-given ability to taste goodness or badness in our food. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 930 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K through 12, at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If Dr. Shaw's teaching is a blessing to you, we encourage you to visit daretostand.org. Consider supporting this radio ministry with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Your donations help to keep Dr. Shaw on the air. We would love to give you free copies of Pastor Shaw's teaching and minister to you personally. So please call Northwest Valley Baptist Church today, 623-581-3115. Let us serve you in any way we can. You're always welcome to visit Sunday morning services at 930, 
or Sunday evening discipleship at 6 p.m. And don't forget, Dare to Stand airs Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same station. I'm Celeste Montague, inviting you to join us next time for more in our study of the life of Elisha the prophet. And now, here's Dr. Shaw with some closing thoughts about our God-given ability to taste whether or not something is fit to eat. And we'll hear more about a miracle of Elisha next time, right here on Dare to Stand. I remember a church activity. It was a big church fellowship, maybe a birthday Sunday or something like that. And... um some lady in our church when I was growing up had made this big cake and all I remember you know, somebody tasting the cake and then saying that she had used rotten eggs in the cake now I, I, I don't know how, how in the world do you use rotten eggs in a cake how can, how can you, you have to have no sense of smell in order to do that but, I would, but here's the deal the moment you taste it you would know